0: Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God, our Father, and the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was a kid, it was great fun to turn off all the lights, get the room completely dark, look into a mirror, stick a wintergreen Lifesaver in your mouth between the top and bottom back teeth, and then crunch down really hard while trying to keep your mouth open at the same time and look at the faint luminescent luminescent sparks that would come out of your mouth. Great fun. But you had to do it when it was completely dark, or you wouldn't be able to see the candy. Apparently there's some chemical reaction, only found in wintergreen lifesavers, that causes this phenomenon. And when my wife and I were raising our sons, light-up tennis shoes were becoming a thing then. You know the kids, when they would step on their heels right the light inside the sole of the tennis shoe would blink on on and off and and you know so it was great fun for kids to want to do that in a dark room cuz then you could see the lights much better and of course there's glow in the dark toys right which are only best when you play with them in a completely dark room so that the contrast makes them you can see them better we like little lights in the dark we like to play with little toys in the dark Little flashlights and things, especially when you're when you're a kid. But the dark isn't always fun. When you enter the sanctuary today, I tried to make it less light in here the best I could. But you know what? Some of you might know what real darkness is like. We were uh, at a cave in Missouri when we lived back there, and maybe some of you have taken a cave tour. You ever taken a cave tour? We were at the Mark Twain Caves in Hannibal, Missouri. And of course, the, the tour guide takes you deep into the cave. And then, and then what does he or she do? Turn off the lights, right? <laughs> and man, you, that, that darkness feels, you can feel it pressing in on you. It's almost like a real like a real physical thing that's pressing in on you. It's weird. And then, if your tour guide did this, they might light a candle or a Uh, a lighter, right? Just one little flame, like that one right there, can light up the whole cave. It's amazing how much light you can get from just one little candle. Well, the theme of light is dominant in all our readings today, if you haven't noticed already. The very thing that, one of the very first things that God created was light. God said, let there be light, and so it was. God even separated the light from the darkness, Which is kind of interesting when you think, well, there must have been darkness first, and then there was the light. But that's not exactly what Moses says in Genesis. He created them both, so it's like, well, what was there before that? I don't know. (laughs) In our reading from the John's Gospel, Jesus calls himself the light of the world. Not only did God create light at the beginning of creation, but he also sent the light of the world, his son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior and our Redeemer. Since you are now united with Christ and your Heavenly Father through your baptism uh, and your faith, you are also light in the world. In Matthew chapter 5, I didn't read this one, but in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He tells that to his disciples, and of course it's the same for us. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God your fa- Father who is in heaven. Because of Christ's connection to you, St. Paul says in our third reading from Ephesians, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. The theme of light and darkness is everywhere in Scripture. Throughout the rich history of the church, we've always recognized the significance of light and made use of it in our corners of the worship service, whether it's at the altar or on the sides in our sanctuary, electric light, candlelight. We even used to have an eternal light hanging up there, right? But when we, <laughs> we did the renovation for the, uh, the speakers, I dropped it and broke it. Oh, well, we haven't gotten a new one since then. At any rate, in the early church, the candidates were instructed, who were instructed in the faith they were in a very dark room, and they would be led out of the dark room where they renounced Satan, and they were led into a brightly lit room before they were baptized. The early church did all this neat stuff with that, that, like, in that way to really give the, the new Christian, the new person of faith, this, this, this visual uh, experience, help them tangibly grasp the things that the scriptures were talking about. We don't do as much of that anymore. But then after these uh, new Christians were baptized, they would receive a taper like that to remind them that they are now a child of God and a light to the world. Now we still do that part of it. A simple candle signifies that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and that He dwells within us, shining through our lives to others, to other people. And one of the things I like about our Christmas Eve candlelight service is the warmth you get when you're holding that little candle, right? And I'm not talking about just the warmth from the flame. I'm talking about the warmth you get from its glow. It's got that nice yellowish-orange glow in the church when it really is dark, right? And you're holding that candle, and you have that, that sense of feeling that everything around you is secure, you know? You are in the right place at the right time. It enlightens you to the Savior's birth. How secure do many other people feel in this dark world in which they have no light or hope or peace? Outside these doors, there's an immense darkness. A darkness that continues to press in on our world. It presses on the people of our world. This darkness blinds them from the truth and makes many people feel hopeless and purposeless. Darkness always tries to choke out the light. That's why Paul says to us, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. How open are you to being exposed by the light or of truth Of God's word. Hmm? Do you really want God to expose your life under his bright beam? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) You know. I'm like Adam sometimes. I want to run and hide from God. Who walked in the garden of Eden in the cool of the day. It was not until God finally said to Adam. Where are you? That Adam faced the light. At other times I'm tempted to hide my light like Peter who denied his Lord in the public light of others. None of us wants to be exposed of our sin. None of us wants to be exposed with our sin because that means we have to change. And change is hard. And repent as well. And admitting is hard. I would rather run into the dark sometimes and step into the light. However, if I refuse God's, refuse God's honest word, I refuse His light. And who wants to do that? Who wants to refuse the light of God? Our sinful nature is more comfortable in the dark than in the light. But God knows my heart and He knows yours as well. He knows everyone's. He knows our thoughts, our intents, everything. Just like the Samaritan woman that we talked about this last Sunday, she said to her people when she went back to her village, come and meet the man who knows everything I've ever done. He knows everything about us. Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs because they looked great on the outside, but inside they were graves. They were like dead man's bones. And when Jill and I went to Israel, we saw the the tomb of Jesus, and it was white inside, wasn't it? Whitewashed. (laughs) This Lenten season, God shines His light anew on you, into your heart and on your life. He exposes it all, not that we should run and hide from God, but so that we should die to our dark sin and graciously receive His light of love and forgiveness from Jesus. We receive His light through His wounds and His words. And that's what Lent is all about. More than giving up certain things, such as alcohol or chocolate for 40 days, Lent is about dying to our sin because Christ Jesus died for you and for me to wash away our sin. Lent exposes our old life in order to bury it in Christ's whitewashed tomb. It's buried there so that on Easter we may arise with Him again, joyfully in the light of His resurrection. Jesus Christ is the true light who gives light to every person. Although his life was extinguished on the cross amid total darkness, Jesus bore the full weight of this world's sin and darkness in order to bring light to us and into this world. Jesus was lonely and forsaken by God on the cross. And yet by such rejection from the Father, Jesus brought life and light into this world and crushed the darkness of sin, death, and hell forever. The cross always brightly reflects joy, love, and mercy because Jesus suffered there to bring those things with his light and his love. Even though your sins and mine are like scarlet, they are also now washed white as snow. That's from Isaiah chapter 1. Look it up. Verse 18. From His cross shines a new beam. It pierces through our darkness and most depressive thoughts and fills us with peace and joy. The light of Jesus shines like the sun, and like the moon, your reflected light shines on to others. That is the hope, anyways. If it isn't that way for you, if dark and depressive thoughts fill you and your day, every day or most days, then that needs attention. So come and see me. There's always help and hope to be obtained. Many of us have been there and come out of it. Have you ever come out of a gloom or shadow of darkness? Hmm? Maybe you were grieving the death of a loved one or you suffered a broken relationship. Most of us know what it's like to sob in bed for three days straight. I mean, if you're one of those who met your spouse in kindergarten and never had a breakup, well, blessed are you. You know, there are those out there, but that's not most of us. Most of us have had to suffer more than one breakup before we found the right one. Over time, the light comes back and your joy returns. Soon you realize that the clouds of pain have passed and the bright light of Christ's cross beam again with grace, forgiveness, love, and mercy. Dear friends, Christ's light continues to shine through you and your words every day. So, receive His light again. Amen.